Hi, I'm Jane. I'm Hugh. And you're listening to That'll Teach You. Hi, Jane. Hi, Hugh. How are you doing today? I'm great, yeah. I'm feeling, feeling good. I'm uh, ready to talk some numbers, talk some maths. Oh, God, maybe I'll just leave. <laughs> not your thing no no you know what i love teaching maths maths isn't my thing no <laughs> okay and but do you find that a challenge in teaching maths i always i always think it's an interesting question as to whether it's harder or easier to teach a subject that you don't feel as proficient at do you know what the funny thing is so when my principal asked me to move up to the senior classes in my head my first my first thought was like oh god almighty the maths and i love teaching maths like i it's probably one of my favorite subjects to teach even in the older classes but I'm not great at maths. <laughs> As you know, I've, I've often gone into Hugh's classroom and I'm like, Hugh, listen, what's the story here? <laughs> well, that's true. We all have that. We all have that. Look at page 79. Is that right? But you know, sometimes you have that. I'd be interested if our, if our guest has, has, has had this experience as well, where I had this when I was teaching third class. I went into the other teacher and I said, am I right? Is this page just completely stupid? <laughs> and she said, yeah. Terrible, terrible way to teach it. Do your own thing. And so I wonder whether that happens. We've made sure that we've picked someone who likes their maths this week. We, hopefully, (laughs) Shannon, the big question, do you like maths? (laughs) Uh, Absolutely, yeah. And I'm so glad you've brought up that idea around teachers not feeling confident in maths themselves, because that's, I think, what has made me a good teacher to my students, is not for all the times that I was good at maths and picked it up very quickly, but for all the times that I struggled at maths and had to problem solve my way through it uh, and figure things out. So I'm delighted to to hear um, that, you know, discussion be brought up straight away because I really do think that um, there's a lot of pressure on us as teachers especially secondary school teachers to be experts in the field um, and to know all the answers all of the time um, but when it comes to maths it's, it's actually a skill it's more about how you tackle something rather than what you know in the problem and as I said I really do think it's for all of the times that I didn't understand something and had to work it out myself that that's what's made me um, a better teacher I think that puts you at an advantage Listen, you know what? Hugh, get off the podcast, right? Like, you are fantastic. I'm so glad we have you on. <laughs> Sorry, did, Hugh. What did I do? <laughs> Just existing. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're very pleased to welcome Shannon to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Shannon. Um, your Instagram is Crack Mathematic. So you've already touched on it. You're a secondary school teacher, aren't you? Correct, yes. So I'm science and maths. Uh, So I started out as a chemistry teacher and then I discovered that while I was teaching in chemistry or even studying chemistry in college, I realised that the part of it that I loved the most was the maths. So I went kind of down that route and when you're in schools, maths teachers are kind of needed even more these days than the science teacher. So I'm mainly maths actually. I've got one chemistry class and one science class and the rest of my classes are all maths. So lots of maths all day, every day. The science is easy to make fun I'm sure you have that in primary school as well you know you can do Mm. a fun experiment they get to see it play out and I actually love the challenge of making maths fun for students and enjoyable uh, and to have them leave a lesson and say I actually love that or go down the hall talking about what you you just did and I love that challenge of getting people to like maths uh, and see it as exciting. You're our first secondary school teacher who we've had as a guest on the podcast actually but and I suppose it's be interested to know just yeah, how the experience differs teaching primary and and secondary. But I suppose we are focusing this week on a specific subject and on maths. And ultimately, the biggest obstacle we have in primary school, and I'm sure it's the biggest obstacle still through secondary school, is that attitude to maths, is that trying to foster a positive approach to maths and trying to get over that fear of maths that so many 
children and indeed adults have. You know, I presume that doesn't go away once people cross into secondary school. No, and you actually find that it doubles down once they come into secondary Mm. school. It really starts to show which student was, you know, the math student um, in primary Mm. school. And it does carry over. And you see it in even like the open evening. um, We had parents coming up to us and saying, well, I'm not a maths person. So, you know, he struggles with maths. And I was never any good at maths. Don't you just hate that, Shannon? (laughs) So frustrating to hear that, especially when you see like why you know the kind of the western countries so why we underperform in maths when we do the tims testing so the science and maths testing we found that time and time again um students in the uk and ireland in america were all underperforming in comparison to the the kind of the asian cultures and what they found is the root cause of that is the uh kind of the view that we have of maths you're a maths person in you know western culture um you're a maths person or you're not but over there maths is a skill and it's uh, something to be worked at and you get better at it and it's problem solving and we don't see it as you have it or you don't which i think is really it really comes through in ireland but i do think that with maths it is so broad there's so many different elements to maths that there is a side to it for everyone to get involved in and enjoy you might find that geometry comes kind of naturally to so shapes um, and kind of graphs or the the numbers some kids come in and they're absolutely off the charts with arithmetic um, and that's their thing but then you give them a, a problem with geometry and they fall apart that's just because of how broad maths is I suppose um, but I do believe there's a part of maths for everybody um, and I do think it's something that as humans we're innately good at whether we kind of mm-hmm. believe it or not and um, we see it all the time I talk to my students about the crossroads uh, coming up to school every morning they take the diagonal route across the where the traffic lights are and I said did you know that's one of the theorems you have to know for your junior search and they kind of look at me like that's not maths but it absolutely is <laughs> and I think we have a bit of a, a PR problem as to what maths is at the moment in, in Ireland uh, it is changing I do think it's getting better um, with the new junior cycle and we're, we're now looking at changes coming in down the line for the senior cycle uh, and in primary you have a new maths curriculum coming in is that right? Yeah. So I do think it is changing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was just like, I I didn't say anything. I just really hoped that you would answer. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, so there's there is positive changes coming in that sense, uh, and people's viewpoints, I suppose, of maths is changing. That it's not just about being able to do your times tables anymore or being fast with arithmetic. That we are seeing the kind of problem sol- solving side of it, and we're seeing that it's about patterns and recognizing patterns in nature. So it's it's really nice to see that change coming. Yeah, and just the whole thing of parents saying, "Oh yeah, but you see, I can't really help them with maths because I wouldn't." And it's just like. But I, they almost say this to you confidentially as though, oh, but the child hasn't figured it out yet. It's like they've picked up on that probably from the age of two, you know? Like as soon as you're putting out that energy against it from the start. We see it with Irish as well, you know, is the other big one you'd see it for, you know, or reading potentially. But it's just, it's so damaging, you know? And and there are other subjects that parents parents don't seem to mind that they might have no idea of the sort of science or geography or history that was taught. But they don't seem to think, oh, well, then my child is going to be terrible at history. But maths is just that one that gets, it gets in under people's skins and into their brains. And, and it is, it's, it's a tough one to, to manage. And it's also a tough one to, to get rid of. Like, we started this podcast with me saying I'm not good at maths. But actually, like, I, I love teaching maths. I love thinking, you know, logically about things. But I still will, will tell myself I'm not good at maths because of, you know, 
education and you know my past experiences which is awful <laughs> but i suppose hopefully today today our plan is not just to not just to tell everyone what all the problems in the world are <laughs> but to, to maybe try and come up with some sort of solutions or at least because as we know the solution the final answer isn't necessarily the most important thing it is the process along the way you sure you can get most of the marks just for doing all the rough work you know that's the that's a bit so we'll try and do a bit of that today that's probably a good description of our podcast <laughs> we should put that in the tagline <laughs> how do you try and make maths more fun how do you try and make it more engaging yeah so the first thing is my own attitude when they come into the class i'm very aware that they especially when they come in in first year that they already have decided whether they like maths or not and they've already decided or you know, they feel it, whether maths is something that, that makes them anxious. Uh, and I find that the students that have maths anxiety are the first ones to kick off, to cause behavioural issues, to cause problems, to want out of the class. So my entire classroom management strategy is to, to get rid of that anxiety. So always very positive. I suppose why people think they're not a maths person is they're told, no, you're wrong a lot of the time. Mm. Um, I would kind of meet a wrong answer with, why do you think that? And, oh, that's great thinking, but why did you say that and not this? And then I would ask the person next to them, uh, what do you think about what he said? And rather than saying no and making them feel bad about themselves all the time, building on it and trying to get inside their head and see what understanding do they have? Where's the misconception coming from? And even trying to get their kind of peers involved in helping them to, to get around that misconception or that, that misunderstanding. So I suppose that brings me to the second thing that I have in my classroom is that my classrooms are always set up in pods. Um, so students are always working in groups. And what I found is that a lot of the time, a student that would be terrified to ask me, they won't stick their hand up. They, no matter how nice and approachable I am, they just will not ask me a question. I see them in the groups turning to the person beside them and, and checking their answer and then the person beside them can explain it to them in a language that I would never be able to, to kind of access and so whether that's using examples from television that they saw or last class in woodwork we did this you remember and then it looked like this when we did that so that I've seen it completely transform my classroom and I think where I really saw the big change was when Covid hit and I lost that. I didn't have the pods in Covid, it was all single desks and they were all facing me all the time and I found that the student that was kind of a bit lost and wouldn't ask questions was completely gone now. That, there was no kind of support for them in the classroom whereas now with the, the pods and the teams um, they have the comfort within their team to ask questions and check and they're hearing conversations going on across the table as well where they're getting ideas about what could be going on and they'll also see that other people can be wrong because they're talking and they're mm. not just sitting in silence and they're seeing that oh well hang on he said something that's wrong there but it's okay and it's safe to be wrong and then for the student that would have their hand up I find a lot of the time they'll be sitting there with their hand up I'm coming around to the groups and by the time I get to them often because they're in a group the guy next to him has gone oh what, what do you what do you need help with and he's already sorted the problem out um so mm. I think it's it's really really kind of central to everything that I've done in the maths with them is getting them to see each other as resources and tools for support I think that really yeah. changed it it's lovely to see that and we see that in our classrooms as well that you know they will they will go around helping each other out and just because they're just more inclined to listen to each other sometimes than they are to they us they never you know? listen to us you can explain something 
three times in three different ways and literally have like a clown costume on and you know be rattling something like and they still that might don't be listen. the problem that's, that's probably the problem too distracting but yeah um, <laughs> Shane mentioned she works in a circus school <laughs> but no I, th- I think there's a couple of things you mentioned there and the realization that other people don't know things and again look it's human nature to believe that we are all our problems we're little islands you know and our problems are our own and no one else shares them but yeah it's that thing and I mean, the other thing, I guess the, the flip side of that is, you know, I was going to say you get you get 72% on a test and, and, and you're looking at the 28% you missed. And again, I think that's just human nature. You don't look at the 72% you got right. Whereas I do, anytime I give them a test, I try and say afterwards, okay, so open up your maths hardback notebook. I want you to make three lists, you know, things I'm confident in, things that need a little tidying up and things I need to work on. And then the hope is that for lots of them, the things I'm confident in is quite a long list. And then there's smaller things they need to. And even that just gives them that idea of from a very visual point of view, they're like, oh, right, I'm actually grand on a lot of this stuff, you know. And it's just that 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 confidence. Yeah, 100 percent. And yeah, it is about showing them. No, look, you did. You actually got a lot there. You did a lot right. And I find that as well when I'm when I do actually get a chance to help them with the question when they do come up to the desk or I go down to them, um, it's about showing them just how much they do know. So yeah, you hit a, mm. a roadblock, but look at all the stuff you did know. Or like I'd scaffold the question, questioning that I use with them a lot, where I'd lead them bit by bit to, towards the answer, but I'd never actually give them the answer. So then at the end, when they do piece it together and they have that eureka moment, you always turn around and say, well, look, did I give you the answer? Or did you figure it out? And then they kind of go, yeah, I figured it out. And I, and I do get this and I do get it. But then you see the students who who just somehow managed to create these unbelievably confusing ways to do sums, you know? And it's kind of like, you're making it so much harder. It's a simple sum. It's a multiplying fraction, say. It's the easiest, I think it's the easiest part of fractions, you know, it's just multiplying fractions, top by top, bottom by bottom, it's easy. But then they start thinking, am I flipping? Am I common denominators? Am I doing all of these sort of things? And and that's why something, and I'd be interested to know your take on this, because we're about teaching sixth class at the moment. And I say, okay, in sixth class, we're really focusing on the why of maths. You know, why do you do something? So they've all, they're all able to parrot, divide by the bottom, multiply by the top. But why are you dividing by the bottom? Why are you multiplying by the top? That sort of idea of digging deeper into the, the problem solving aspect. So you're sort of saying, I guess that's what it's all about, is it? And I guess it makes it more interesting as well. Yeah, the knowing the why is a huge part of secondary school maths. And like, I have students that are in sixth year higher level maths, and it always comes back to I don't understand fractions. Like that's, that's really what you're talking to them about. You know, they can do the calculus, they can do the hard stuff, but they forget kind of the stuff from first year or even before that. And it's, I think when I was in primary school, anyway, a lot of it was just like, you're going to learn these rules. But then I'm going into secondary school with all these rules, and I'm getting them confused. And they still Mm. do this. I still have have students come in to me uh, and when you are talking about having fractions in any form they immediately go cross multiply and they don't know what they're saying or yeah. why they're saying it and they just don't quite get it and so yeah digging into the why is a huge part I think of of really getting maths uh, and getting students to understand maths I find that making it kind of tangible a lot of the time helps so giving them something that they can physically manipulate or have a visual on the board as well um, and show them right this is what we're doing why does it 
work that way and get them to and and allow them to be wrong and then watch it play out and say why didn't that happen what did you do and then get them to have discussions about it I think that's really important getting them to talk through it and, and get the thinking out because otherwise we've got no chance of helping them if they're sitting there smiling and nodding and then going home and doing the homework completely wrong um, and we've no idea what's going on inside their head I think that's a huge part of being a maths teacher is you have to get inside their head and understand where is it going wrong for them um, and bringing it back to it but I have uh, certainly for myself found that making it physical things having the manipulatives that's been huge for getting students to a place of understanding making it real um especially around those things like fractions mm. i think the getting inside the head thing that's i've spoken to learning support teachers about this as well and i think it comes back to that thing of actually if you're if you're quite good at maths yourself it makes it so hard you know and and i and i've i've even said it to students i said i i wish i could see what's going on inside your brain you know because i know you're working hard on this. I know you're thinking through it. I know you're feeling this, but I just, it's so hard to get that where, find where is that disconnect, you know? And I think maths is the hardest subject to actually see that. It's a, obviously a different area, but but about a student with dyslexia, and obviously dyslexia takes all sorts of different forms. But this student said to the learning support teacher one day, she just turned to her and said, why do the letters have to move so much when I'm trying to read them? You know, and you're just like, it breaks your heart, but also it's like, I cannot even imagine what that is like. Yeah. You know, I'm picturing a cartoonish version in my head of little letters jumping up and down, but I can't actually understand what it is like to try and read in that way, you know? And obviously there are teachers who can help a great deal with that, but that I, I do think it's the hardest part of maths is understanding how, how do they see the sum? How do they think about the sum? Absolutely. And I think it's back to that point that we had at the very beginning where I'm a good maths teacher, not for all the things that I got immediately, but for all the things that I struggled in. And I think yeah. one of the big areas that I struggled in um, in secondary school and then beyond secondary school was I just never understood geometry and how other people could manipulate shapes in their mind or unfold 3D shapes. I didn't ever get that. Oh, I was very hard on myself with that. Yeah. And I, I really kind of beat myself up about it. Like, why can't I get this? Like, I'm really good at all these other things and this one part of maths is kind of killing me here what's going on and it kind of came down to I didn't have those experiences where I was unfolding shapes or that I saw a cone you know be unfolded out into a sector I didn't see that and if I'd never seen that before then how could I ever you know in an exam unpack it and, and draw out a net for it like that was never going to happen if I hadn't seen it before and so I kind of got down to the root of my own problem and now when I'm teaching it in fifth and sixth year I give them we've got unfoldable shapes like 3d shapes that unfold and I'm like there you go so I know straight away half of them haven't seen this before would not have even imagined what it looks like to break a cone apart um, or another one a big thing that I'm finding in secondary schools now is they don't know what's in a deck of cards so you're doing a probability question and you just they just have no clue that there's 52 cards in a deck that there's four suits they have no idea and that's actually the root cause of the problem you've got to start playing more poker and blackjack in your <laughs> class you know you've that's got to it. do more gambling you know yeah oh completely yeah a poker club at lunchtime i'd say they'd only love that in my school now yeah, yeah it's, it's one of the things that if you are good at and have been good at your whole life and you just got it to try and explain it to somebody else is quite difficult so i do think that for the teachers that don't feel so confident in maths and do have to work with it i think as a teacher you're at an advantage there for yeah. sure because you do know where the the problem areas are coming from but if they're comfortable with talking in maths I think that was one of the first things that I had to get 
them over the fear of in maths when I first started teaching is they all had this idea of what a maths class looked like you go in it's no fun you sit down and you take notes you you go home you practice 100 questions you come back in and getting them to a place where they were able to talk about maths and, and get over that fear of it um one thing that I find definitely helps so with maths like most of the times the misconceptions that appear you have seen before have you ever heard of they're called concept comics or talking heads they're really good for like i use them in science a lot but for maths say you'd have a, a problem on the board and you'd have an answer so say you're adding fractions or multiplying fractions and that's in the center of your powerpoint slide and you've got like four characters each at the side and they're each calling out a different answer and one of them gets it right and three of them get it wrong and they get it wrong using one of the misconceptions that we know are, are likely to appear on this topic so one of them might just add the tops and the bottoms uh, mm -hmm. one of them might multiply them one of them might um, subtract them and or one of them might just add the top you know all the different misconceptions that you would expect to appear and you put that on the board uh, and you ask them to talk who do you think um, is the person that's got it right who do you agree with and it just mm they can see on the board, oh yeah, I actually, that's what I would do. Uh, and it just gives them that starter kind of point to, to, to start the discussion at their table and, and have cool. a think about what is going wrong. And it's a really nice kind of discussion piece because I think with maths, a lot of the time we're tempted to immediately jump into doing the problems and immediately just practice, practice, practice and drill, drill, drill. But actually they do need that time to process what's going on. I, and I do find little activities like that where you present them with solutions that might be incorrect and ask them to, to break down which one do you think is right which one do you think is the most wrong uh, and, and get them to talk about that and debate it out with each other and you'll really then start to see what's going on in their heads uh, with those kind of discussions and I think you also see then it's you're giving someone else the opportunity like the, the student who might not be as strong in one area to, they can often be the ones who figure something out there's a problem I've given mine the last few years when we're studying the circle and I say okay so remember when the first COVID lockdown came in and it was 2K, you couldn't go any more than 2K. I said, well, I wanted to go out on my bike and I wanted to get, you know, a good long cycle on my bike. So I head out and I can go two kilometers away. How can I go more than just going out and going back? And then someone will say, oh yeah, well, because they probably know we're studying the circle and they say, oh, you can go in a full circle around, you know? And I say, yeah, exactly. And I say, okay, so come on, find out how far I went, you know? And they do it and they start working in their groups and most of them generally, let me see if I remember my circumference of a circle, two pi or, so they'll, you know, they'll, they'll give me my whatever, four times 3.14 or whatever it is. But then, and I'll say, mm, yeah, you're on the right track, but that's not the right answer. That's not how far I cycled, you know? And then you'll suddenly hear someone saying, he went out the two kilometers and then he came back the two kilometers at the end, you know? And so that's someone who might not have been able to do the circumference of the circle sum, but they've actually problem solved. You still figuring it out? <laughs> I stopped listening a while ago. Once I mentioned pi. Um, but you know, and so I just thought that was a nice example, which I've seen a number of times where, like I say, a kid who maybe the circumference are getting mixed up between the circumference and the area or between the radius and the diameter, but they're, they were clued in enough to say, no, but he went out, he, he, he cycled out to the park first and then he had to cycle back from the park when his circle finished, you know? So, and again, it's just giving students the opportunity, I suppose, to, to have a success, even if it's not the, the main curriculum point that you're teaching. Oh, definitely. Yeah. One of the things I love what they do is when they say, 
oh, but we're not doing maths. And I'm like, you have no idea that we're doing maths right now. But like, you know, there, there was one recently that I did something like finding the value of your name. If, you know, each letter of the alphabet is worth a certain amount of money and things like that. But like, they have no idea that they're actually like problem solving, they're reasoning, they're, they're practicing like some sort of algorithm. They're doing so much and even like communicating about maths with their group and all this, like it is, and then they don't even know they're learning, which is ideal. But even again, that's it. And, and obviously you do then have to tell them it's maths so they realize, oh, I like maths, you know, or mm. that part of maths is easy. And it's even, it's the one thing we see in sixth class and lots of them who have older brothers and sisters have heard, you know, the horror stories coming from secondary school, because obviously one of older siblings jobs is to make what's coming sound yeah. like hell, you know? <laughs> the one we always hear is, you know, because we have a chapter in our book and which is called variables. Now I always, talk say we were doing algebra you know and they hear algebra and they think oh my god and i just always say two plus something is four what's something and they're like two and i was like that's it you've done it you know algebra okay let's move <laughs> on exactly you know yeah, and obviously they all laugh but i'm like but girls the rest of it is just you know varying that but that's basically it you know like it's it's just what's this something we don't know you know and and you see all the little ones where they've come up with a a game to for younger kids and it's like a ghost plus a ghost is five and a ghost plus a pumpkin is six you know and you know a pumpkin plus a, a witch or whatever and then they have to yeah. figure them all out and it's like well that's and it's a fun way of doing it but it's it's them then realizing oh i see this is how it relates to maybe the not as interesting page of the maths book yeah, that's exactly it. And yeah, algebra is definitely the big one that they get the biggest shock when they come to it. But they have, as you said, they've done it loads in primary school. Uh, I remember the books just used to have a blank box and you had to figure out what the blank box was. That's algebra. Uh, you know, mm. X is just the chosen, you know, the chosen symbol for uh, the unknown for us in maths. And there's a great TED talk on that and where that all comes from. Um that I show students it's on YouTube if you just look up why do we use x as the variable okay. and I show them that and then they get this kind of like oh right so that's all it is like it's not this big scary thing going back to that point around like they don't realize they're doing maths I actually find that in secondary school we also have some kids that didn't feel like they were good at maths in primary school that do all of a sudden flourish because there's so many different aspects to it uh, like in first year alone you look at sets which uh they would have touched on before but they'll start to look at it in a new light with new Venn diagrams and notation they'll start to look at transformations they'll start to look at coordinate geometry and there's a huge variety there in first year and there's so much of it there that there will be some part of it that they do enjoy and that they do find fun and it's funny because I kind of went the other way because I went into secondary school thinking I'm great at maths but ultimately what I'm good at is arithmetic and I've all, as I say, countdown maths, you know, I was yeah. always good at that. But but then once it got into, you know, once you started hitting more geometry and trigonometry and I liked probability, but but I actually then I feel as the years went on in secondary school, I went from thinking I was good at maths to thinking, yeah, you know, it's, I'm, I'm all right. But actually, yeah, whereas, you know, give me give me numbers to multiply or divide in my head. Great. But beyond that, so it's, I think it can go both ways there, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what it comes back to uh, a lot of the time is familiarity with it. Um, and then it kind of clicks with them. Okay, like it's actually not that bad. I just haven't seen this as much. Yeah. 
And I think that's what we have to, to bring it back to for them in secondary school anyway. And I think uh, probably for primary school as well, you know, they're probably quite quick at the times tables, but then you flip it back the other way um, or you put in a, a question mark and, and, and things start, the wheels start to come off for them. Um, but it's just about familiarity. Totally. Or the one that always I feel blows their mind at the start of sixth class is to say, you know, so what happens to a number when you multiply it by something? And they say it gets bigger. And I'm like, well... Sometimes, you know, not yeah. all the time. But then I sort of say, can anyone try and figure out what you'd need to multiply it by for it to get smaller, you know? And so then they have to start thinking whether it's about decimals or negative numbers or things like that, you know? So now, of course, then the other problem is you do that and then you've still got 10 of them who are like, what? <laughs> it's called multiply, Mr. O'Connor. Of course it's getting bigger, you know? Yeah. Like, well, you, you've got a point. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was Da Vinci I read recently in a, there's some brilliant maths books out there. It was Da Vinci who just could not get his head around this. And if somebody like Leonardo Da Vinci struggled with this That's idea, good, then, yeah. then it's totally fine for you to, to struggle with it too. Uh, it is weird and it is odd. And I suppose accepting that uh, and telling them that uh, makes them a little bit more confident in themselves that like, I'm not, you know, bad at maths for not getting this this is strange and it is going against what we would expect to happen um, and being comfortable with being uncomfortable I tell them a lot in six year maths you know it's okay to look at something and go that is absolutely horrendous I've no idea what's going on being okay with that feeling and saying it's fine but I what can I do with this and what can I say about it and what do I recognize and building it piece by piece because I think it's coming from primary school if they were good at maths students a lot of the time will not feel comfortable with that minute of uncertainty because that's all mm. that it is usually is it's a, a minute of going I don't know what's going on and some students will say I don't know what's going on but I can say this and other students will say I don't know what's going on I'm not even going to try it and that's where the yeah. problems start with this and again it's it's almost the, the, the advantage nearly goes to the students who are used to not knowing what's going on you know yeah because absolutely. they say okay I know I always have to do this whereas yeah and, and I've seen that with kids in my class as well who are so good at things that suddenly when something doesn't work, they're like, nope, it doesn't compute, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and they completely give up on it. Yeah. And what do you do when you're at that point? Uh, then the math yeah. starts and then the, the fun <laughs> begins. Um, and just getting to, them to realise that is a huge part of the, the challenge of getting them to like and enjoy maths. Do you know what? Can you teach me maths? Like, I would love to be in your classroom, Shannon. You just sound so positive about just your curriculum areas. God, no, I'm, not, I'm not even joking. Can I just join your school? I'll just leave my school. It'll be fine. <laughs> Give me grinds. <laughs> Yeah, and look, it is a one that's that that is hard to to make fun and enjoyable. But like, that's what I get the kind of the kick out of is making it that subject for them and and having them leave happy or having a parent come to you at the parent teacher meeting saying maths is their favorite subject. Like, that's a huge yeah. win. Yeah. And uh, I, when you're competing with the woodworks and stuff, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I just realized? And it was actually like it could be in my top five moments of teaching. A child, so last year, a child I was teaching last year, her mum asked her, is there anything you want me to say to Miss Costigan during the parent-teacher meetings? And the child said, will you just tell her that the way she teaches maths makes it so easy for me? I've always found maths really difficult and now I actually understand what's happening. That's <laughs> all you want. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's literally like, that's what it's, yeah. you know. Oh, I forgot about that for a minute. I think it's, it, yeah, when you, even when you talk about making it fun, because it probably doesn't reflect well on me that I say I can I can remember you know particular maths lessons where 
I've done something completely outside of the box, you know, made it completely different, completely hands-on, real life, whatever it is, so far away from maybe the traditional way of doing it. And they have so much fun with it. But then you think afterwards, well, why am I doing that with every lesson? And of course, the reality is time, you know, because these lessons yeah. take time to plan and to think about and to put into place. But but you get such value from them, I think. And And what I would say is, and it's the advice we always give, because we don't have time to plan and prepare, you know, reinvention of the wheel lessons, is talk to other teachers and ask them how they do things, you know, because someone will have a great lesson Absolutely. for adding fractions. Someone else will have a great lesson for triangles. Someone else will have a great lesson for algebra, you know. So I think we do just have to share so much of what we do. Completely, yeah. And it's not even just the preparation, it's the energy. Like, you just have to put so much energy into it. Which, again, is probably part of the reason why I love it so much. But it's just hard. It's just hard, guys. <laughs> no, it definitely is. And it, and it is going back to that. They're coming in with a negative attitude towards maths because mom and dad at home are going like, well, I never liked maths and I was never good at maths. Or there there's tears over the homework. Uh, you hear yeah. a lot of the time, you know. Um, and so they have this negative attitude. So it is a lot of our energy is going in to try and turn that around for them um, with maths. And it's not any easier in secondary school. And, and in secondary school, you're trying to balance that kind of getting them to do those rich tasks and activities and get them to exam ready conditions and so it is a balancing act with maths but I do think that the teacher having that energy is is the most important thing in terms of my classroom management over the years what I've learned is that there's no activity or you know circus act that I could bring to them that would be you know better than me going in fresh and and myself and my best self on the day for yeah. them I find classroom management so much better I'm able to respond to things better when they ask you know what page are we on for the 50th time I'm not actually going to scream at them that time you know I'm able to oh. kind of go okay it's on the board can we yeah. take a moment can we take a moment for those moments during the school day when you have you could have the page number written in five different areas in the classroom like you know Loads of like, loads of arrows pointed. You could say it three times and then one of them chimes in and you're like, I will actually cry. As I say to the girls sometimes, I will cry slash die. <laughs> the worst one I ever had was we were using an app on the iPads and I said, okay, so we're finishing up. We've got to be done in a couple of minutes. iPads have to be out. So I want you all to click save and exit. So click save and exit. So you're clicking save and exit. Okay, so can everyone click save and exit. Kit puts up her hand and says, Mr. O'Connor, it's asking me, do I want to save and exit? <laughs> she was joking. Was she joking? No, she wasn't joking. No. We were doing something. Something came up a few times in their maths homework book. I think it was, it might have been two fifths into a percentage. So like, you you really, you really should know that one fifth is 20%. Like, you really should know at this point. And I said it so many times, and I did it a few times with them. And then I corrected their homework books. And I want to say, I would say about six of them got it right. And I got down on the ground, and I curled up in a ball, and I turned my back to them. And I was like, you've done it. You've officially done it. Like, you've, no. And then one of them tried to hug me. <laughs> but I was like, uh, you know, you could explain something five days in a row and then you're like yeah <laughs> maybe you need to say i've explained this five days in the row and on in two of those yeah. days you've got it wrong no but i think as well the whole yeah bringing something in that is slightly different there's two things i do in this respect one is 
one is I started when I was started teaching in a third class, I started just leaving random Sudokus around the classroom, you know, and some of them would pick them up and some of them would do them. And I always, when Sudoku sort of first appeared in my world, I was a bit snobbish about them. I was, I was always into more into crosswords, you know, and I sort of said, and Sudokus, they're not yeah. even maths. People say they're maths and it's nothing to do with maths. It's just could be letters. It could be, now, of course, it's still maths because it's patterns, you know, and it's, it's it's yeah. recognizing you know if 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 something's eliminated there where else so of course it's still maths because maths is everywhere but but that was one thing and then the other thing is just finding little puzzles so i'm going to shamelessly plug my other podcast here legitimate likes but we had a maths professor on that guy called kit yates who wrote a book called the maths of life and death and he he told us on the episode he was talking about a couple of things but one of the things was was the birthday problem you know which is how many people need to be in a room before the odds of someone having the same birthday as someone else goes over 50%. And I think it's about 23 or something like that. It's very, it's very low, you know? And yeah. so, and again, obviously you're not really going to be getting primary school kids into that sort of complicated probability, but even, you know, you, you just get them into that idea of, oh my God, we're talking about birthdays. They love birthdays. You can go back and listen to our birthdays episode. And, <laughs> and then they're like, no way. Like there must be like 300 people for that to happen. And you're like, well, just think about it a little bit more, you know, and, and how many people do you know who have the same birthday of you and you a birthday as you and you probably know one or two, you know? So yeah. do you have any other tips you'd give to teachers? I suppose like everything you've said again, do you know what? What I'd say to you is what we say to a lot of our guests, which is everything you have said makes so much sense, you know, like you're talking about a positive attitude and you're talking about, you know, making things visual, making things, you know, manipulative for them. It's not rocket science there. And yet, obviously, it is hard to do and it, it does take an awful lot of work to put it all together. Would you have any other advice for, for teachers who are feeling they need to get a little bit more out of their maths lessons? Yeah, I'd say, look, the most important thing that I've learned throughout the last five years of teaching is that the look after yourself first, go in with a full cup with your energy and be able to respond to the questions uh, that are there on the day. I think that's when my best lessons happen um, is when I'm fresh and I'm ready to go. And and to not be afraid when a, a child does bring you a question that you're just not sure of. Mm. You're not supposed to be the fountain of knowledge. And I tell my students that, look, I'm here to help you. I'm playing a supporting role here and we're figuring this out together. And I think that it's important that you show them that, that it's okay for the teacher not to know sometimes. And then when they do have that stuck moment that they They've seen you model problem solving before. They've seen you do it on the board as a class together. You've asked them about, you know, dividing by a fraction. You've drawn out pictures or you've started to tip the pencil cases upside down and said, okay, well, let's see what happens when we do it with physical things and, and model the problem solving. And I think the only way that you're going to be in the headspace to do that is if you're in the kind of, you've looked after yourself uh, first, because when I'm kind of feeling low or, you know, my energy's being depleted, that lesson very much becomes, right, open your copies we're doing these questions and and I don't feel I get enjoyment out of that it doesn't replenish the the kind of happiness that I have and they're also not learning as much great advice that sounds that sounds so nice again can I be in your class <laughs> <laughs> Shanna thanks so much for coming on no problem thank you so much for having me I was really great discussion and I really enjoyed it so thank you so much no thank you and I feel like we say this every time I feel like every time we have a guest on I feel like I learn so much and I also feel like I have such a positive attitude about my job after every podcast recording so I hope our listeners um, feel the same and if you don't we are sorry if, you, if, you, if you're sick of all the rants 
are sorry um but yeah so you can follow shannon at crack mathematic and you have loads of um teaching the, fun the funny thing is i do grinds and i've been looking at your instagram being like god there's some great ideas here for grinds so thank you thank you to anyone who does grinds or even if you want to like take your any primary school teachers want to take um yeah, just have some ideas for secondary school maths um go on to shannon's instagram you can also follow jane's instagram jane has a teacher page the mindful teacher with two underscores after it and get some good ideas from her as well you can follow our instagram that'll teach you podcast and get in touch with us there and let us know what you'd like to hear or if you have any questions for us any topics you'd like us to discuss any guests you'd like us to have on also go back and listen to some of our other episodes if you haven't heard them just when we're talking about a positive attitude to a subject we did the exact same idea with Gaelga, which is obviously another area that people can struggle with and there's an episode with irish with molly on that in our back catalog so please check them out you can also listen to my other podcast legitimate likes it's a comedy podcast and i would recommend you specifically listen to the maths episode with kit yates because he definitely talked about a fun approach to maths as well and how we can overcome some of the struggles that people have but yeah thank you so much for listening to that'll teach you we will see you next time Slon. Slon.